مشرين اسحاف اسحاف May 11th 2022 6:31 a.m. Journalist Sharina Barkley walks up a road in Jenin, a Palestinian city in the occupied West Bank, with her Al Jazeera team. An Israeli military convoy is parked approximately 200 meters up the road. Suddenly, a round of shots is fired. Ali Al Samudi, Shireen's colleague, is hit in the shoulder. Eight seconds later, there's another round of shots. One of those bullets hits Shireen and she falls to the ground. Panic erupts amongst her team. Local residents attempt to rescue her, but they are showered with bullets. Eventually, Shireen's body is carried away and taken to a local hospital where the veteran Palestinian-American journalist is pronounced dead. Her killing shocks the world. Almost immediately, there are international calls for an investigation to determine exactly what happened and for the perpetrators to be brought to justice. A year and a day have now passed. What have forensic investigations revealed about what happened? How have domestic and international actors responded to Shireen's death? And how are efforts progressing to hold her killers to account? I'm Rosie McCabe. Welcome to the New Arab Voice. Our decision to undertake this investigation was to support civil society organizations and Shireen's family in seeking accountability and justice for the killing of Shireen. This is Jamana Bawaze, a researcher at Forensic Architecture. This is a multidisciplinary research group that uses architectural techniques and technologies to investigate cases of state violence and violations of human rights. The UK-based organisation partnered with Palestinian human rights organisation Al-Haq to produce a detailed investigation about what happened to Shireen on May 11th. Notably, no criminal investigation has been conducted by the Israeli government and our full report was submitted as an addendum to a complaint submitted by Shireen's family and civil society organizations to the ICC. So our investigation is the first to provide legally admissible evidence about the killing of Shireen. Their investigation, first published in September 2022, is one of many detailed accounts of the death of Shireen Abu Akleh. Echoing other investigations from media organisations including CNN, The New York Times, Bellingcat, Associated Press and The Washington Post, its findings indicate that Shireen was shot by an Israeli soldier from a convoy 200 metres away. An investigation by the Palestinian Authority also reached this conclusion. Going one step further, the Forensic Architecture and Al-Haq report offers a detailed spatial analysis of the attack that irrefutably points to the conclusion that Shireen was purposefully targeted. This is achieved by using a range of sources. Videos from the scene, such as Al Jazeera's footage and live streams, multiple eyewitness accounts, with open source intelligence and news reports, all help to build a complete picture. Shireen's autopsy and traces later found at the scene add to the final conclusions. So our investigation is based on a highly accurate and detailed 3D model of the site which we built through photographic scan on the site, and this creates a 3D model measurable to the millimeter. 
So this model allows us to verify and locate every piece of media and to precisely place the journalists, including Shirin and the Israeli occupation forces, positions and the relation between them. Jamana stressed that by cooperating and synchronizing different sources, rather than using them independently, forensic architecture is able to produce reliable accounts of exactly what happened. Our analysis rests on multiple independent streams of evidence that converge. And basically, no, there are no assumptions that are made. For example, we know the Israeli army marksmen deliberately and repeatedly targeted Shirin and her fellow journalists with the intention to kill due to the timing of the shots, the clear trajectory between them, that there were no other persons present between them and the close proximity of the shots. So all of our conclusions come from multiple streams of evidence coming together and converging. There are four main conclusions from the Forensic Architecture and Al-Haq report. First, Shireen and her colleagues were clearly identifiable to the Israeli soldiers as journalists, with press in large letters on their chest when they were shot. Second, the Israeli soldier intentionally shot Shireen with the aim to kill. Our field of vision analysis, simulating the view from the soldier's rifle scope, shows that the journalists were clearly identifiable as such. So being so visible to the marksmen means that the marksmen knew. They knew what they were shooting at repeatedly over and over again. And they kept shooting when she fell and they kept shooting when civilians tried to rescue her to give her aid. And when they shot, they shot to kill. Third, the attack took place without risk to the Israeli marksman's life. So we have the available footage that we had and it captures the entirety of the 200 meters between the journalists and the IOF vehicles. All the footage available to us shortly before and after the incident do not show any persons between the journalists and the unarmed vehicles. The only shots fired in the three minutes preceding the shooting, said the report, came from the Israeli military convoy, and no other shots in any of the footage analysed came from the vicinity of the journalists. So the behaviour of the journalists in relation to the timing of the shots is what's kind of significant here. First, the journalists' movement from the available footage we see suggests, before any shots were fired, suggests that they felt safe enough to walk towards the military vehicles. They were following standard press protocols. They were walking calmly, and we know this from the footage, we know this from the sound analysis. And then we also have witness testimony that kind of verifies that no other person was between the journalists and the Israeli vehicles. The final conclusion of the report is that continued Israeli fire prevented first aid from reaching Shireen. So with the field of visibility analysis, coupled with the sound analysis and the video analysis, and all these three kind of working together in space, we're able to analyze how, in the case, for example, where the civilian was trying to help Shireen after she was shot, we see the Al Jazeera footage showing how and when he moved. But the fact that we're able to place this in space allows us to move the camera and demonstrate a different perspective and these two together with the sound analysis show that every time the civilian was trying to help Shanine, 
and provide aid, he was shot at. And this happens three times. Given the massive evidence, Jumana said there needs to be serious engagement from Israeli and American authorities to hold Shireen's killers to account. However, one year and one day later, justice still awaits Shireen and her loved ones. A UN spokesperson presenting the international body's own probe into the incident, which also concluded Shireen was killed by Israeli forces, said on June 24, 2022, After the killing of journalist Shireen Abu Akleh and the injury of her colleague Alisa Modi in Jenin on the 11th of May 2022, it is deeply disturbing that Israeli authorities have not conducted a criminal investigation. Israeli and U.S. responses have been widely condemned by members of the international community as well as Shireen's family and friends for at best failing to acknowledge the facts of what happened and at worst deliberately obscuring them. Human rights groups and press freedom groups have accused Israel of purposefully covering up the crime as part of a pattern of impunity and evading responsibility. This is Lior Hayat, spokesperson for the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs on May 11th last year. We are saddened by the death of senior Al Jazeera correspondent Shirin Abu Akri during heavy exchange of fire amidst a, a military counter a terrorism operation in Jenin. Free press is fundamental for Israel and for all democracies, and as such, journalists must be protected. Despite claiming to support a free press, Reporters Without Borders have said that Palestinian journalists in Israel encounter more difficulties in their work compared to their non-Arab counterparts. And those operating in the occupied territories are subjected to, quote, systematic violence, end quote, as a result of their work. There are indications that Ms. Abu Akre was killed by Palestinian terrorists' fire. Israel will be conducting a thorough investigation we call on the Palestinian Authority to cooperate with this investigation in order to get to the truth. This claim was quickly debunked by Betselem, an Israeli NGO, who immediately investigated footage shared by the Israeli ministry and found that, based on GPS coordinates and aerial photographs, the Palestinian gunfire captured on that day could not have hit Shireen or her colleagues. A few months later, Israel said it was possible the American-Palestinian journalist was killed by Israeli gunfire. However, they added that the sniper was firing at an armed Palestinian. This allegation is directly contradicted by Forensic Architecture's investigation. I deplore the loss of, uh, of Shireen. Um, she was a remarkable uh, journalist, an American citizen, uh, as you all know. And there too, we are determined to follow the facts and get to the truth of what happened. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was speaking here on June 7, 2022, almost a month after the killing of Shireen. In July, the US State Department released a statement which acknowledged Israeli forces were likely responsible for Shireen's death. But they said this was not intentional and instead was the result of tragic circumstances. This verdict was condemned by human rights groups and members of Congress, who have called for a thorough and independent investigation. Under sustained pressure, the FBI in November last year decided to open their own probe into the killing of Shireen. Israel said it would not cooperate with the FBI investigation. Frustrated and disillusioned, Al Jazeera and Shireen's family have turned to the International Criminal Court, the ICC, using evidence from forensic architecture and al-Haq as part of their case.
Israel had refused to conduct a investigation that could lead to criminal charges being brought. So there, there was no possibility of pursuing the matter further within the national jurisdiction. So that's why the next step is to go to the ICC. This is Rodney Dixon, KC, Al Jazeera's counsel who brought the case to the ICC in relation to the killing of Shireen Abu Akleh and other attacks on the media organisation and its staff. He explained what happens once a formal request for an investigation is issued. Yes, the ICC will look at whether it has jurisdiction, and it certainly has because this took place on the territory of Palestine, which is a member state of the ICC. They will also look at whether the national jurisdiction is taking any action, which, as I've said, there is complete inaction. And then they will look at the circumstances, uh, whether it constitutes a war crime, issues of gravity as well. But they should rightly look at that in the wider context of the Palestine situation. This isn't a random circumstance or rogue behaviour, Dixon said. Everyone up the chain of command should be held accountable, and The Hague should examine the wider pattern of attacks on Al Jazeera, such as the bombing of their offices in Gaza in May 2021. So far, the ICC has not brought any charges in relation to the Palestine situation. The investigation has been open for some time, but no charges yet. So we are hopeful that this will change in the very near future. US authorities have openly opposed Al Jazeera taking the case to the ICC. US State Department spokesperson Ned Price was questioned about the case during a press conference on December 6, 2022. Uh, this was a proposal that was floated with only, only in recent hours, only today, by Al Jazeera. Uh, so I don't know that it has been a topic of discussion. I don't know that it would be a topic of discussion uh, unless we uh, had representations from the ICC that uh, they were going to take an opinion one way well, or another. Well, I mean, she, is, she, she, she was an American citizen. Of course. So you have, there is, you know, it's not like you have no interest in it of at course. all. Uh, but you oppose it. Uh, we oppose it in this right. case for the reasons that uh, we've Rodney said that the recently announced FBI investigation should not in any way prevent the ICC from conducting its investigation as the court operates independently. Of course, the FBI probe could potentially share information with the international court to help the pursuit of justice. So they should be operating together to ensure that there is justice. It shouldn't fall between the cracks. That, that's, that's the key. And, and one shouldn't be used to not allow the other to go ahead. They should both be going ahead and make sure that they get to the point where those responsible can be held to account based on the evidence. There are also UK parliamentarians who have continually called for a thorough and independent investigation into Shireen's death. Kim Ledbetter, the MP for Batley and Spen, addressed the House of Commons this month and said an independent investigation into the killing of Shireen was long overdue. I was very disappointed with the response from the Foreign Secretary when I spoke on the floor of the House of Commons. He didn't automatically recognise Shireen's name. I found that quite upsetting and quite worrying. Kim said that having a thorough and independent investigation is vital to ensure findings are genuinely transparent and not at risk from accusations of bias. Well, we know that the situation in Israel and Palestine is extremely layered when it comes to the politics when it comes to a situation that has been going on for over 70 years. And therefore, having people investigate something when they are involved in that situation, I think is not the solution. It's not the way that things should be done. So it has to be independent and it has to go into the detail of what happened on that day. 
And that's the only way to get to the bottom of what happened and to give this family an opportunity to grieve properly and to move on in whatever way they are able from losing Shireen. Actively supporting a free press in the occupied territories was incredibly important, said Kim. It's absolutely vital that we have freedom of the press around the world. Um, it's something that, you know, we're very, very lucky to have in this country and, you know, it comes with its own challenges, but it is a fundamental right in any de- democratic society and Israel says it's a democratic society, so it's, it, it's a fundamental facet of having a democracy. The Labour MP spoke with Shireen's brother, Anton, and said... When I visited Palestine in February of this year, I met a brother who has lost his sister. And as a human being, and somebody who also have lost their sister under horrific circumstances, I felt a very strong sense of connection with Anton. And I said to him how horrific it must be a year down the line not having had justice not having had anybody held to account for the death of his sister. So I guess what I'm saying is, even though I am a politician now, this for me is a very human case. And it's about a family that have experienced loss in the middle of a highly volatile political global situation. For those who knew Shireen personally, her death one year later is still gut-wrenching. She would have hated being the story, said those who admired her because all she wanted to do was tell the stories of others. I worked for Al Jazeera for a while in Ramallah. And of course, I knew her, I knew her from television, but then I got to know her as a person, as a colleague. We sit, we'll be together in the field and sit and talk and eat together, especially these late breakfast at Al Jazeera office in Ramallah. This is Lamise Andoni, a Palestinian journalist and writer who has worked as a correspondent in the West Bank. Today, Lamise is head of the editorial board at The New Arab. Her ambition in journalism was not to know everything, which is to tell the story of the people she lives with. Their suffering, to convey their voice, and to tell their story. And she did it really well, because she did it day in and day out. And she was so unassuming about herself and her role. It never got into her head that she, I don't know, I, I'm not sure that Serene would have anticipated such love, outpour of love and sorrow after she died. I don't think she saw herself as such. Shireen was one of many journalists attacked by Israel for doing their job. Since 2001, at least 20 journalists have been killed by Israeli forces, 18 of whom were Palestinian, according to the Committee to Protect Journalists. No one has ever been charged or held accountable for these deaths. The crew was experienced, and the crew protected each other. So one would think that Shireen would be safe, although we were fooling ourselves. Shireen and others were never safe. But it was shocking that Israel just shot her and admitted that it shot her. It's acknowledged, so there's no excuse for America or any legal entity in the world and the UN not to intervene not to do anything. Given that Shireen was a US citizen and worked for Al Jazeera, her case has received unprecedented attention. However, said Lamise, this still hasn't moved the dial in Washington. In spite of all of the attention, and the Western media has given unprecedented attention to the killing of an American or a Palestinian journalist, 
unprecedented attention, but it didn't make a dent in American foreign policy. It didn't make a dent in just America demanding that be brought to justice. Who ordered him? Who allowed this to happen? What are the rules of engagement? Nothing happened. Unless pressure is exerted from the outside, and these questions are answered, said human rights organizations as well as friends and family of Shireen, Israel has no incentive to uncover the truth, in this case or others. Transparency is vital to bring acknowledgement, to bring accountability, to bring justice for Shireen. Yet, for now, it appears the journey to justice will be a long and arduous road, fueled by those campaigning on multiple fronts to hold the killers to account, and by those telling and hearing Shireen's story again and again and again. If we look at how we were 20 years ago and now, 20 years ago, there wouldn't have been the same commotion as now, the same uproar. So if we don't look at the cumulative effect and believe that with continued activism, continued journalism, honest journalism, it will not make an impact, we should just leave journalism. But so sometimes to tell the story of Shireen and again and again of her colleagues is part of bringing justice, to keep her memory alive, to keep the memory of her colleagues alive, to try to protect other journalists. This episode of The New Arab Voice was written by me, Rosie McCabe, with help from Hugo Goodridge. Our theme music was by Omar Elphil. The New Arab Voice is taking a week off, but we'll be back with a new episode on May 26th. Until then, you can find all our previous episodes on all major podcast platforms. You can also check out our Instagram page and Twitter account, both at The New Arab Voice, for additional content. We also have a weekly newsletter, which you can sign up for. Find the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, and you can also rate and review, which helps us spread the word. Don't forget to follow The New Arab on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news, analysis and opinion from the region. <laughs>